Amen. All right, well, please be seated. And once again, welcome to everyone, and welcome to everyone online. Thank you, Graham and Ella and team, for leading us so well this morning. And uh, great to have you here. And I'm going to ask our good friend, Passion, to come. And he's going to open up God's word for us this morning. So, Passion, once again, thank you so much for serving us. We look forward to what God's put on your heart. And uh, we're going to be blessed, I know. So come on. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, which one do I use? Do I use? Is this your phone? Good morning, church. Good morning. How are you today? Good. I'm only hearing Joe and Jordy <laughs> responding. Let me try that again. Good morning, church. Good morning. We are allowed to speak, right? Yep, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, God is good? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Some people are not responding. Oh, the time changed. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys still sleepy? <laughs> A little. Right. Um, I'm excited to be in the house of God, as always, and more so to share uh, His Word. Uh, we thank God for this is the day that the Lord has made so that we rejoice and be glad in it. I'll say that again. This is the day that the Lord has made so that we rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you that you are God. We thank you that you are enthroned. We thank you that you are the king of kings. We thank you that there is none beside you who is worthy of all the worship, of all the adoration. We love you this morning, God. That's why we are here as we are, to worship you, to lift your name on high in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I'm just a vessel. Uh, There's nothing special in me, God, but I allow you, God, to just use me as a conduit so that you can speak to your people in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that the word I'm going to share this morning, God, you explain it even better through the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. God, you know various things, various situations that we are all going through right now in our lives. I pray that this word encourages us. I pray that this word challenges us. I pray that this word revives us. I pray that this word sets us on fire for you, God. In Jesus' mighty name, I come against everything, God, that wants to stand against the preaching of your word. We pull down every stronghold and every high thing that wants to stand against you this morning. This is your place, God. We are here for you. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Steve, for sharing about that fire that was powerful. Thank you so much to the worship team. For leading us so well. Wow, I wish we just could continue basking in the presence of God. I have an, interest, have an interesting title today that I would like for us to talk about. The title of my message is, Do You Love Jesus? If you are sitting next to somebody there, can you just look at them? Or if somebody's far away, just look at them for 30 seconds. Just look at them. 
and ask them, do you love Jesus? Come on, church, you're too serious. You're scaring me, but I'm going to preach all the same. Ask them, talk, talk, say, do you love Jesus? Right? Let's take another 30 seconds. Ask them, why do you love Jesus? Make sure they give you an answer. I might pick on you later. Come on, let's talk, let's talk. Hallelujah. So, uh, I'm going to read a scripture. In John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17, I, there's a scripture there you can be reading there, but I have an, an amplified version here that I like to read. It says, So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? As others do, with total commitment and devotion, he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you with a deep personal as of a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Again, he said to him a second time, a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? With total devotion and commitment, he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him for the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time. And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Right? So I want to mention something before I even go further as I share the word of God. I am not Jesus, neither am I trying to equate myself to Jesus when I'm asking you this question this morning. And I'm, not, I'm also not trying to behave like a Pharisee. You know, the Pharisee in the Bible, they were like the high and the mighty. Even if you read the scripture, how they used to pray. I am not trying to be anything along those lines. But I came with a question for the church today. And my question is simple. Do you love Jesus? Do I love Jesus? Do we love Jesus? But I want it to be very personal. As you walk in this world, as you walk in each and every day, as you do whatever you do, always ask yourself that, do you love Jesus? And what are you doing to really show or demonstrate that you love Jesus? That is what I want to put across to us this morning. Let me quickly jump to say, in English, I hear that we have limited words that define love, right? But in Greek, I understand there's about four or more ways in which love is explained. And there are many different types of love. But the love that I want us to focus on this morning is what we call agape, right? I'm not talking about eros, which is romantic love. I am not yet skilled to talk anyway, and that's not the right place to talk about that. 
But I am talking about agape, which is selfless love, right? Which is empathetic attitude of love for everyone and anyone, whether you know them or you don't. Are we together, church? Yeah. Right. It is the highest level of love to offer. You give that type of love without expectations of receiving anything in return. And also it is a decision to spread the love in any circumstances, even in times of destruction. Even right now, when, when, when things are not going well around the world, I was watching one video, I'm sure all of us might be, our hearts could be heavy with this. I was watching one video of the people in Ukraine who caught a Russian soldier. It was just a young guy, and they, made, they didn't kill him. They made him call his mom back to tell his mom that he was safe. And the soldier literally wailed in a time of war. I was like, wow, here are the people who know what love is. And this is the type of love that I'm talking about this morning. So as a church of God, as we're singing, as we already know, that we, we, we can't exist as a church. We cannot claim ourselves or proclaim ourselves to be Christians when we do not have love. We become empty vessels, empty gongs. We have to be full of the love of Jesus, where we love each other unconditionally. Where, as a black man, I can stand in front of you and share the word of God, and you will not see the black skin, but see the child of God. That is love. Hello, church? Are we together? Why do we love Jesus? 1 John 4, verse 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us. Woo! Jesus loved us. The Bible says, While we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Oh, my world. I'm a young parent. Sometimes I go to work, dress smartly, especially if I'm not working from home. When I'm working from home, half of the time I'm wearing PJs at the bottom and a nice shirt on top. But every time when I come home, I meet my daughters. Zoe maybe might be eating something and she might be drooling on, on her face and eat. And the minute I walk in, I go, and I look at my nice shirt, and I look at my daughter, and I'm like, I don't mind the shirt, I wash the shirt, and then just grab them, because that's love, right? We love Jesus because he first loved us when we were still sinners. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Him being great, him being majestic, him being awesome, seated on the highest thrones. That's what we see our leaders in, in, in the political circles now can't even want to interact with us. But Jesus, him having the power to say, I can just wipe this world with my hand and create a new people that I loved. You know, who would follow me maybe like robots, but he loved us. 
when we had sinned. I don't know when you look at your life, what are the things that you feel you have done that make you feel, oh, maybe Christ doesn't love me. Oh, maybe you feel, oh, I'm a terrible person. Oh, I didn't do well to my friend at some point when we were in high school or when we were in middle school and you are still carrying that. Let me remind you this morning, Jesus loved us while we were still like that and worst case scenarios, and he changed us. If we read in the book of John, the first, uh, the common scripture, I don't know whether it's common in Canada here, but growing up in Zimbabwe, going to Sunday school, being a young kid, this was a scripture that you could not afford not to know. John 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a scripture that was embedded. I think I only, I've read it a multitude of times, but I only was, was taught once that I held it up to now. God loved us when we were worthless, when we were unsightly, and he cared for us. If we look even in the Bible, we meet a time when God changed a woman who had a bad reputation, who was a prostitute. God changed her life. So can, so can God change your life in this day and age. God changed a man who was going after Christians, a man who was killing Christians. That was Saul, and he changed him, and Saul became Paul, and he wrote, he wrote two-thirds of the Testament. He's the man who began to go and bring, who began to, went to go after Christians, now bringing them into the kingdom of God. We pray God changes the heart of Vladimir Putin so that he knows that human life is important in Jesus' name. If God can change Saul, he can change any warlord who is a leader right now in the world because we don't want people to die. We want love. We want more investment in peace, in love, and not in war. In Jesus' name. Jesus, when he was walking on earth, he visited the most hated person, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, whom the society didn't love because he overcharged people, and he showed his love. That is what God is calling us to do yeah. this morning yeah. as a church. Yeah. That's why I asked you the question, do you love Jesus? So what can we do as a church, as Christ Central? You might be, you might be asking yourself, what can we do as Christ Central to show that or to demonstrate that we love Jesus. I've been married just for a few years now, so I'm still very young in this game or in this, I don't know what to call it, I'm just trying to find a funny word. But I've read love stories, mind-blowing of, like, of love stories, right? But one of the things I've realized that telling my wife every day that I love you, I love you, it's okay, she wants to hear that, but it's not good enough. What I then do becomes more important. And same in the same vein as a church of God, 
It's easy. That's why when I said, ask the person next to you, do you love Jesus? Did anyone say no? Was there anyone who, who when you were talking, who said no? I would love to see that person. Everyone said yes. We love Jesus. That's why we are here. So as a church, we must also demonstrate there are things that we must do so that we show our love for Jesus. I'm talking about practical things. If you read in 1 John 3, verse 18, it says, Little children, let us not love merely in theory and in speech, but in deed, in deed and in truth with practice and sincerity. Hello, church? Are we there? So we need to love as the church of God. And my first point of things, there are so many things that we can do, but these are the ones that I chose for us to focus on just for today. The first thing we need to do is to love each other as individual families, friends, and as a church family. We need that. If you read in First John, in John chapter 3, verse 34 to 35, it says, I give you a new commandment, that you should love one another as I have loved you. So you too should love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, and if you love one another, and if you keep on showing love amongst ourselves. So church, I'm encouraging us this morning that no matter our differences, no matter things that might happen, I might be preaching today, then go down and say something that's helpful, or do whatsoever. Let us not lose sight of the love of God in the church. Remember what I said, Christ loved us while we were still sinners. Who am I not to love? Hello? When we begin to love church, our families, when we begin to love each other, the atmosphere becomes very conducive for the Spirit of God to function. The presence of God, we do not struggle to have the presence of God. Why? God says he is love. God is love. We know that, right? It's in the Bible. God is love, and love is God. So the love of God begins to be part of us. His presence comes in. In our families, we begin to have peace. Are we going to have people that will hurt us? Yes. Have we been hurt? Yes. Are we likely to get hurt in the future? Yes. But love conquers all. Hello? I'm a black guy. I have people that I know that have been so, or we have said some racist, bad utterances at me. At first, I clenched my fist and wanted to punch them. But God healed me. And then instead of that, I ended up smiling. 
I once told you, or maybe I never told you, at some point I once stayed in Indonesia. Uh, that was my first time traveling internationally when I went to Indonesia. And I was there, and people start asking me, like, huh, why is your skin black? I was like, at first I was like, okay. You know, you feel something boiling in your heart, right? You feel like, okay. And then other people are like, can I touch your screen, your, your, your skin? And they take their hands and they go like, and I don't know what they were expecting to get. <laughs> I, I'm not like telling you fiction or a drama or what. Something that happened in life. And somebody was like, can I touch your hair? Then I was like, and in the midst of all that chaos, I realized my calling. I was like, no, God actually brought me in here to pull these uh, strongholds, these barriers, this, is, this myopic thinking. So I started, whenever I met people, I'll be like, oh, do you want to touch my skin? Do you want to feel my hair? And, like, and they're like, why are you saying that? I'm like, no, I've seen quite a number of people here think black people are just like aliens or something like that. But I'm a human being just like you. If you take a needle and poke me right now, you see that my blood is red just like you. I've met people who have done that live and direct on me. Then I started talking to those people. And, and the more I, 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 I shared about myself and that I'm a, I'm a human being, that I'm just created like them, the more friends I started building. And guess what? I started getting invitations from one school to another, from one church to another, just to go and speak about what it means to be a black person. I remember in one session, and someone was asking me, like, do you have cars in Africa? I was like, what do you think? They were like, so how did you get in here? Do you have airports? Can people fly there? I was like, oh, Africans are great swimmers. I just swam across the Indian Ocean and came here. And they were like, no, that's not possible. So I was like, so what do you think? Then we started having a conversation. In the midst of that pain, where it was easy to go and write something on Facebook, you know, like what we see to, to today, I decided not to make a show of those people, but to engage with them, and that's love. And I'm not trying to pump myself. This is the attitude we need to have as a church, to love unconditionally. Sometimes even when we are hurting, to love because the more we love, the more the hatred has no chance to spread. So as a church of God, let's love. Am I saying it's Christ central, we don't love? No. You guys have been amazing. I came here, this became my home church, this became my home. I have family here, I have friends, whether you want to be my friend or not. Oh my goodness, I have people who care for us here. Hello, church? Let's continue doing that. Let's continue doing that. God needs us to love as his church. He needs us to care for each other. He needs us to be there for each other. I remember when I've mentioned, I remember some time ago when we, we had our second baby. Oh my God, you guys motivated us and we, we still feel very encouraged to have a third baby. We got lots of food, I've said about that. We got lots of food, lots of support, lots of prayers from people. And we got lots of blankets from 
people that I will not mention because I did not, I did not even ask them, uh, don't ask for their permission. You know, that's love. And these are the people that have never done anything for them. And out of, they took their time. That's what God, and those things, ah, they make me feel so warm and they make me feel so encouraged. Oh, Christ Central is my home. Oh, I love the people here. That's the kind of feeling we want when everyone steps in here. We want this to be a home of love. We know the mask kind of like social distanced us and pushed us apart. But now as we go back, as, as we come back to normal life, let's go back to the drawing boards and begin to love and be welcoming and care for each other. If you meet somebody new coming in this church and they look very new and you have never seen them, be the first one to run to them and say, hi, introduce yourself. Ah, we have never talked. My name is... So that's what I do. I'm still new in, well, I'm not still new, but I've been in Christ Central for about one and a half years or two years, I don't know. But whenever I come here, when I see new people, I go to them, hi, and introduce myself and start talking to them. We must do that as a church of God. Are we together, church? The second thing, so if we go back to that scripture, we realize that um, Jesus, when he was asking Simon Peter all the time, he said, feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, feed my lambs. I want to encourage us. If we read in, in, the, in, the, in the book of Mark 16, verse uh, 15, it says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach and publish and openly share the good news, which is the gospel, to every creature, the whole human race. When we love God, we love each other. One of the things as disciples of God, all of us as we are seated here, we need to share the gospel. I know I once talked to, about this. We had, once had one preacher from South Africa who once shared virtually about this, but I'm here to encourage us again, church. I remember when Joe was sharing, when it was vision night, that as a church, maybe it feels like, or they observe that we have not been lengthening. And for us to share the love of God, we need to preach the word of God. And I want to bring it to it to us, bare as it is. We need to preach the word of God. We need to share the word of God with people who do not know Christ yet. Hello? This is the, the commandment. This is the, the instruction that Jesus gave us before he left. And we need to do it. You know, growing up as young people, um, you know, uh, how do I put this? I, I, I saw people do a lot of gymnastics or a lot of drama, especially when we were in high school, you know? Just maybe when it's Valentine's Day, these guys will bring a bouquet of flowers for the, for, for the, for the girl that they liked, and then they will steal the show in the whole school, and the teachers will be like, hey, what's happening, and stuff like that. Why? Because they would do anything for somebody whom they claimed to love. And I know as us, as we are church, when the people that we love, the people that we value, we will do anything for them. But we need to do something for the kingdom of God. We need to preach the gospel of God. We need to share the word of God. Whether we feel it or not, whether the conditions 
are conducive or not. We need to tell people about Christ. I'm not going to try to meander on this one. We just need to share the word of God. Don't give an excuse. Hello? That's how some of us were saved. If you see me standing in here, somebody came and they told me about Jesus and I looked at them and said, no, I don't think God exists. Openly. I was like, how do you know? When did you see Jesus? Look at me. Here am I today. Are you going to face resilience? Yes. Are you going to possibly lose friends? Yes. But tell them about Jesus. They will remember you. They might not take it in one month, two months, but let me tell you, as we have seen with the pandemic, it's so amazing how things in this world can shift within a second. And as a church of God, we need to be ready. We need to be equipped that when the people come and so imagine when people come to you and say, tell me about Jesus, are you going to say, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you should be ready to tell them about Jesus. Hello, church? That's how we grow the church. That's how we, there was, I don't know whether, what are your thoughts on this, but there's a guy called Dr. Yonggi Cho from uh, the South Korea, and he, not a guy, he was a, he was a pastor. I think he passed away. He was said to have the largest church in the world. And this is the simple thing that he said he used in this church. He would say, everyone in the church, you have one target one year. Invite just one person. Don't invite 10, don't invite 20, just one. One person, bring them into the kingdom. I want to leave this challenge to us. I try to, 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 to preach to people, not to preach, you know, like what I'm doing, but I try to talk to people, share the gospel, and try to bring them into the kingdom. Some are still deciding. Some uh, tell me, uh, maybe not now. Some even tell me openly, oh, I was hurt at church, and I don't think I want to go back to church. Others will tell me openly, I don't believe God exists. You will meet those answers. But I never stop sharing about Christ. Why? Because I love Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Are we still together, church? The third thing that I want to talk about is we need to voluntarily participate in building and rebuilding in God's kingdom. So if you read uh, in, in Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah from chapter 2, verse 2 to 15, the Bible says Nehemiah used to sit, used to serve wine in a king's palace. And then when he asked some people about what was happening with the, the Israel and stuff like that, they told him that the kingdom was in ruin, things were not going well. And then Nehemiah, at that point, he made a decision, a conscious decision, a love decision, that he wanted to rebuild the walls. So Nehemiah left his comfort zone, and then he went to participate in rebuilding the kingdom of God. I was touched some time ago when Mark listed I was going to ask him and find out how far we have gone. I think it was Mark or Joe, I can't remember. But they listed a, li they were, they had a list of things that they needed people in the church to be involved or to participate in, or services that people could offer so that we could do the work of God even more effectively. 
I don't know whether they managed to get those numbers or not, but I was touched at that point. And it touched my heart that as a church of God, when there is work that needs to be done, let's rise up and do it. Hello, church. If you are gifted and you are a worshiper, join the worship team if you feel the, the calling to worship. If you want to serve in the kids' club, rise up, serve in the kids' club. If you want to serve in the fuel and you feel your calling there, rise up, serve there. Why? Because God, if we love God, we need to volunteer for these things. The Bible, when it talks about giving, it says God loves a cheerful giver, giving your money, giving your services for the progression and for the, pro for the movement of God or, and for the kingdom of God to go forward. So I want to encourage us, church, that we need to volunteer. Am I saying you're not doing it? No. I'm just encouraging us that we can do even more. I know before I've talked about life groups and how amazing. If you are not a member of a life group, be engaged, participate, have people. I, I, I can talk about my life group. I don't want to get carried away. But they, we have met so much amazing people in our life group. Let me tell you a fun story, a very funny story. Last time when I preached here in December, uh, I don't want to go to the details of the story, but we visited uh, Halifax. Boom, out of the blue, we caught COVID. Hello, I'm fine now, I'm fine, don't worry, don't worry, I'm very perfect uh, in case you're getting scared. You can talk to me, I'm okay now. We got COVID. And my, the symptoms hit me so hard. Rebecca was strong. But because we have so much connection to the life group and the friends, the support that we got was amazing. I'm trying to share with you in case you are feeling alone and you are feeling, oh, maybe people in Christ Central don't love. Let me tell you, you just need to step out, volunteer and say, here am I. Who can I connect with? Who can I network with? We had people coming to help shovel our driveway, we got food. We got encouragement. You know, people were praying for us. You know, those kind of things. And if you are not part of a life group, this is what you are missing. You are missing things that can actually help you, things that can actually build you. So what am I saying to us, church? Let's volunteer. Let, part, let us participate in building the kingdom of God. Let's work in unity. Do you know when we begin to work in unity, when we begin to push for the kingdom of God to move forward, it attracts God. Do you remember those guys in the Bible who were building the Tower of Babel, who wanted to go to God? You know, they wanted to build a, 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 a tall tower. They wanted to reach to God. Until God, they caught God's attention and God said, okay, I'm going to go down there and confuse them. That's where maybe different languages came from. So, if we work together, if we volunteer to do the work of God, we attract God's presence, God's attention in our life. Hello, church. Are we still together? The other thing that I want to talk about, maybe you might not see there, is we need to make sacrifices that show that we fear 
God and reverence in him. If you read in Genesis chapter 22, verse 12, it says, this was the time, I'll just explain briefly the background of the story. This was the time when Abraham was about to lay, uh, to slay his sacrifice, his son, Isaac. And God said, stop. I have seen that you fear and reverence me. Am I saying we should sacrifice our children? No, 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 please don't you get arrested. And we will not be too happy. But I'm saying, let's sacrifice for the kingdom of God. I know we're busy people, we don't have time, but let's sacrifice either your time or your resources because we love God, because we care for the kingdom of God, because we want to see the kingdom of God in motion. We want to see the kingdom of God moving forward. There was a song that we used to sing back in Zimbabwe. I don't know whether you know it. I'm not a musician, but we said, love is not love unless you give it away, unless you give it away, and then, that, then you know that's love. So if we love Jesus' church, we will sacrifice our resources. We will sacrifice our time. We will never be too busy for the things of God, for the kingdom of God. Hello, church? Hello? Ah, I don't know whether you agree with me or not, but... Yeah. Then the last thing that I want to touch about is, do not deny God for whatever reason. Let me put in a, a little bit of a sensitive situation here. You get married, you have a child, or you have a friend, or maybe they get involved in an accident, or something happens to somebody that you love. They lose their leg, or they break their arm. Will you stop loving them? No. You stick to them. I've seen people who do that. When situations are not so good, they love and care. They care for their children. They care for their parents. Even when things are not looking good. If men can do that to each other, so should we do for the kingdom of God. We should not be quick to give up on God. Hello, church? Because we do not give up on things that we love. Some of us love our, what you call, hockey teams. And we wish we can follow them wherever they travel when they play their games. Some of us love our, what you call, baseball teams. We even wear their caps full regalia, top to bottom. That's the same thing we should do for Jesus. Hello, church? We should never deny God. Are funny things going to happen at some point in church? Yes. Are there going to be, I'm preaching to you today, and tomorrow you hear that I've done this, something like, but that guy was preaching on us on Sunday. Yes. But that should not be a reason to stop loving God. I might have failed as an individual, but that has absolutely nothing to do with what God is calling us to do. Hello? I have preached with pastors that inspired me, challenged me. I was like, yeah, and we learned and we could feel the substance of God. And then the next minute you hear that, oh, that pastor has an affair. And I felt like my whole body going, I felt like, oh, God, do you really exist? Not in here, not in Canada, no. Don't look at Joe and Mark, please. 
I've preached with pastors, with people that I respected, guys, friends of mine. The next day I hear that they're buttering their wife. Then I went, at that point I was like, ah, God, is this thing, does this thing really work? Do you really exist? It cut my heart. I felt the pain. I, I'm not going to lie. I felt the pain. At some point I wanted to stop. I was like, but then I realized a human being falls down because we are human beings. Solomon in his majesty, in his greatness. Wow, a man that, is, that was very wise to, to ask for wisdom from God. What did he do? He fell down. After talking to God one-on-one, -on -one, asking for wisdom from God, he fell down. Right? So when, when we read the Bible, those are not like just stories, you know, lullaby stories. They're, they're, they're applicable in our daily life. So we don't, mustn't deny God. When you go out there, go with your shoulders up. I come from a country where my economy is not good. But let me tell you, whenever I stand out and introduce myself to, to people, I'm like, hi, my name is Passionate. I am from Zimbabwe. Sometimes I do that so that in case you misunderstand my accent, then you know I wasn't born and bred here. I came from another country, just in case. Or maybe if I say something not politically correct, you might be forgiving a little bit. You know? And, and somebody will be like, some people will quickly jump and say, oh, Zimbabwe, oh yeah, you, that country, there's a lot of poverty there. I'm like, but it's also a beautiful country, right? Are there things, are there, people are going to say so many things about the church, about the kingdom of God. They are going to say that. It's not the beginning. It might not stop. It might even get worse. But I want to encourage this church, if we genuinely love Jesus, let's not deny God. Let's stand for the gospel. I have people that I have seen dying for political parties, for political reasons. Hey, we need people who stand for the gospel. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, if it means going down to your fire, we will. Even if our God does not save us, so be it. But we will not bow to an idol. We need a church like that. That kind of drive, that kind of energy, that kind of passion, love to say, hey, we will stand for the gospel. As much as a man stands and defends his wife when somebody is attacking, and as much as, the, well, so that I become gender balanced, as, as much as the, also the, the wife stands and defends his man when he's under attack. And as much as a mother and a father stand and defend their children when they're under attack, so should we stand for the gospel of Jesus. Because we love Jesus. Amen, church? Amen. Shall we stand up, please? Shall we stand up? I want us to pray as the worship team comes forward. I just want to encourage you to pray. Do you know what I mean when I pray? When I say pray, not one person should be praying. Whether you are praying silently or you are praying a little bit loudly or something. But can we all pray and say, God, here we are. You loved us. We love you because you first loved us. Teach us how to love. Teach us how to stand for you.
Teach us how to be an extension of your love. In Jesus' name. Can we pray, church? Everyone, just pray. Please, make sure you are praying, you are not quiet. In worship team, you can start playing your music softly. But I want to encourage us, I want us to pray. Just for two minutes, just pray. Close your eyes and just pray. God, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you that while we were still sinners, you died for us. Here we are, God, as your church. Teach us how to love. Teach us how to hold on to you. Teach us how to worship you relentlessly, unwaveringly. No matter what challenges, no matter what things we experience in our lives, teach us to love you, God. You loved us while we were unsightly, while we were worthless. And today, where we are, we can proclaim that we are your children because of your love. When you died, Jesus, on the cross, you said it is finished. You were made sin when you knew no sin because you loved us. We pray that if there's one thing that Christ Central will be known for, Christ Central will be known as a church full of the love of God and an indwelling presence. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Yeah.